Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. So today we're going to talk about what is data wrangling and exploratory data analysis, or EDA. Um, So a lot of beginner or novice um, data scientists sometimes have this notion that all they need to do is to find the right model for their data and then fit it. But, you know, nothing could be further from the actual practice of data science. In fact, data wrangling, which is also known as data cleansing, and EDA, which is exploratory data analysis, often consumes 80% of a data scientist's time. So despite how easy data wrangling and EDA are conceptually, it can actually be really hard to get right. So uncleaned or badly cleaned data is garbage. And there's this principle called GIGO, which is garbage in, garbage out, which applies to modeling and analysis just as much as it does to you know any other aspect of data processing. So let's go over, you know, what's what's data wrangling. Um, so data rarely comes in a usable form. It's often contaminated with like errors and omissions, and you know, rarely has the desired structure, and you know, usually also lacks a lot of context. So data wrangling is this process of discovering the data, cleaning the data validating it, structuring it for usability, and also enriching the context uh, and content, you know, possibly by either adding information from public data, such as like weather and economic conditions, um, and in some cases, aggregating and transforming the data. So, you know, exactly what goes into data wrangling can vary. So if the, the data comes from say instruments or IOT devices, you know, data transfer can be a major part of the process. So if the data will be used for machine learning, you know, transformations can include normalization or standardization as well as dimensionality reduction. So if um, exploratory data analysis will be performed on personal computers with limited memory and storage, the wrangling process may include, you know, extracting subsets of the data. So if the data comes from multiple sources, um, the field names and, and the units of measure may need consolidation through mapping and transformation. Next, let's go over what is EDA or exploratory data analysis. So EDA is closely associated with John Tukey of Princeton University and Bell Labs. So Tukey proposed um, EDA in 1961 and wrote a book about it in 1977. So Tukey's interest in EDA influenced the development of the S statistical language at Bell's lab, which later led to S plus and R. So exploratory data analysis was Tukey's reaction to what he perceived as overemphasis on statistical um, 
hypothesis testing, otherwise known as confirmatory uh, data analysis. So the difference between the two um, is that in EDA, you investigate the data first and and use it to suggest hypotheses rather than jumping straight into a hypothesis and fitting lines and curves to the data. So in practice, EDA combines graphics and descriptive statistics. So in a really highly cited book chapter, Tukey uses R to explore the 1990 Vietnamese um, economy with um, histograms, kernel density estimates, box plots, means, and standard deviations, and um, graphs. So next, let's talk about um, ETL and ELT for data analysis. So in traditional database usage, ETL, which is extract, transform, and load, is a process for extracting data from a data source, often a transactional uh, database, which um, you know transforms it into a structure suitable for analysis and loading it into a data warehouse. ELT, which is um, extract, load, and transform, so you basically just switch the, uh, the, the second and the third place, um, is a more modern process in which the data goes into a data lake or data warehouse in raw form. And then the data warehouse performs, you know, all the necessary transformations. So whether you use a data lake, data warehouse, or anything or none, the ELT process is a more appropriate method for data analysis and specifically machine learning um, than the, the ETL process. The underlying reason for this is that machine learning often requires you to iterate on your data transformations in the service of feature engineering, which is very important for making good predictions. All right, so um, in terms of screen scraping for data mining, there are times when your data is available in a form your analysis programs can read, um, whether it's a file or through a an API. But what about when the data is only available as an output from another program? So for example, from a tabular website. It's not that hard to parse and collect web data from uh, you know, using a program that mimics a web browser. So the process is called um, screen scraping or web scraping or data scraping. So the screen scraping originally meant you know, reading text data from a computer terminal. But uh, you know, these days, it's actually much more common for the data to, to be displayed in um, HTML web pages. So now let's talk about you know, cleaning data and imputing missing values for data analysis. Uh, most raw real-world data sets have missing or obviously wrong data values. Um, the simple steps for cleaning your data include dropping columns and rows that have a high percentage of missing values. Um, you might also want to remove outliers later in this process. 
So sometimes you, if you follow these rules, you actually lose a shit ton of data. And so in an alternative way of dealing with missing values is to impute these values. That essentially means, you know, guessing what they should be. So this is uh, really, really easy uh, to do in standard Python libraries. So um, in, in the Python library, pandas, the, which is a data, um, pandas is a data uh, manipulation um, library. There is a data import function known as uh, read underscore CSV, which can replace a um, placeholder symbol such as like a question or a NAN. Um, in another Python library, which is the scikit-learn, there is a class called um, simple imputer, which can replace NAN values using one of four strategies, either column mean, column median, column mode, and constant. So for a constant value or like a constant replacement value, the default is zero for numeric fields and missing underscore value for strings or object fields. Um, you can also you know, set like a fill underscore value to override these defaults. So, you know, which imputation strategy is best, you might ask. It all depends on your data and your model. So the only way to know is to just try them all and see which strategy yields the best fit with the, you know, best uh, validation accuracy scores. Next, let's talk about feature engineering for predictive modeling. So a feature is an individual measurable property or characteristic of a phenomenon being observed. So feature engineering is the construction of a minimal set of independent var uh, variables that explains a problem. So if two variables are highly correlated Either they need to be combined into a single feature or one of them should be dropped. So sometimes people perform PCA, which is principal component analysis, to convert correlated variables into a set of linearly uncorrelated variables. Categorical variables, usually in you know, text form, should be encoded into numbers that can be useful for machine learning. Assigning an integer for each category, which is also known as label encoding, seems obvious and easy, but unfortunately many machine learning models mistake the integers for ordinals. So a popular alternative is this thing called a one-shot encoding, in which each category is assigned to a column or dimension of a vector that's either coded um, as one or zero. Now next, feature engineering is you know the process of constructing new features from the raw observations. So for example, you know you might subtract year of birth from year of death and you know construct this age at death, which is a prime uh, independent variable for lifetime and mortality analysis. So the deep, feature uh, synthesis algorithm is useful for automated feature generation. And uh, you can find it um, implemented in the open source feature tools framework. Next, feature selection is 
um, the process of you know eliminating unnecessary features from the analysis uh, to avoid this thing known as a curse of dimensionality and overfitting the data. So dimensionality reduction algorithms can do this automatically. Um, techniques include removing variables from many, you know, missing values, removing variables from with like low variance. There's decision trees, random forces. Um, you can remove or combine variables with high correlation. You can do um, backward feature elimination, forward feature selection. Uh, factor analysis, and PCA. Next, let's talk about data normalization for machine learning. In order to use numeric data for machine regression, you usually need to normalize the data. Otherwise, the numbers with large ranges might tend to dominate the Euclidean distance between feature uh, vectors. Uh, so their their effects could be magnified at the expense of other fields. And the steepest descent optimization might have uh, difficulty converging. So there are several ways to normalize and standardize data for machine learning, which includes uh, min-max normalization, mean normalization, standardization, and scaling to unit lengths. So this process is often called feature scaling. And then lastly, I just want to talk about the data analysis lifecycle. While there are probably as many variations on the data analysis lifecycle as there are analysts in the world, one reasonable form, uh, formulation breaks it down into seven or eight steps, depending on how you want to count it. So step one is identifying the question that needs to be answered for business understanding and variables that need to be predicted. Step two is acquiring the data, which is also called data mining. Step three is clean the data and account for missing data, either by discarding rows or imputing values. Step four is doing the actual data exploration. Step five is performing feature engineering. Step six is predictive modeling, uh, which includes machine learning, validation, and statistical methods and tests. Step seven is the data visualization. And then step eight um, is basically you just return back to step one, which is the business understanding and continue the cycle. So steps two and three are often considered data wrangling, but um, it's important to establish the context for data wrangling by identifying the business questions that need to be answered in step one. It's also important to do your EDA, the exploratory data analysis in step four, before you start modeling to avoid including biases into your productions. And it's common to iterate on steps uh, five through seven to find the best models and sets of the future. And yes, the life cycle almost always restarts when you think you're done, <laughs> which is kind of funny. So either uh, it's either because of the conditions that have changed, there's a thing called data drifts, or the business needs to answer additional questions. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can contact me at tonyphoang.com for more information on AI, ML, and data science.